Hello, welcome to Thin Line Believers. Adam is your host, and I'm your part-time host, Michael Chon. Adam's got one of his beautiful Thin Line Believers t-shirt on. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, we're going to talk about fathers, fatherhood and dads and stepdads you know are, we, are you taking a picture of me or taking it of yourself both we're both um, on the screen oh man here we go so this is just going to be a casual conversation since yesterday was father's day and happy father's day to whoever's listening to this belated hey, and thank you. yeah and we're gonna just continue the I guess conversations because in today's society, there's a huge lack of father figure leadership in the youngins, in my opinion. And the nuclear family as a whole, right? Yeah, I'll let you get into that, man. That's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> just family, dude. I'm just saying there's a lack of family in general. Starts with the father. Yeah, well... The reason why I want to continue this conversation is because, you know, I think as, you know, the thin line with, with officers and firefighters, you know, we love overtime. And though that's good for like purchases here and there, you know, after some time, you got to think, man, I, I've sacrificed family time for that, you know, and I, I saw a, a meme a little earlier of a, you know, it was like a a picture of this kid all dressed up in a tie, all tired, straggly hair, and, the, and then his sister or where there was a girl next to him. And then on the title of it, this is after two divorces, multiple overtime shifts, and, you know, trying to catch up on child alimony. This is the life hmm. of a detective or something like that. I was just like, wow, you know, and it's the uh, truth. yeah, but I mean, you know, when you go to the Academy, no one tells you that the, the job can suck the life out of you. Right. No, no one they don't want to do that. Right. They don't yeah. want to lose you. Yeah, they don't want to lose you. So they don't tell you that, and they're not honest with that. They don't tell you that it's not only just 40 hours a week. It's like really minimum 50, 60, 70 hours a week that you're going to be slaving away for whatever agency you're working for, you know. And do they care that you're married? Do they care that you're a father and that you need to have a life? No, they don't care. And was it you that posted that video or something about, you know, working for your small pension, you know? Oh yeah. And, I did put something about that. Yeah. yeah. But I just want to, you know, be lighthearted and at times maybe get serious about it. But I think we have, we put in time, value and effort into becoming a best officer, best firefighter, best soldier as you can be. Right. 
you study for the academy, you study for your career, you study for moving up in ranks, you study for your certs, you study for that. And yet, you know, we're letting our kids, our sons and daughters slip away from influence of TikTok and Snapchat and on beyond, right? And, you know, like I read somewhere for my study on Father's Day, this guy, I don't know if it was a law enforcement or if it was a business, but he was saying how he was building his business, going, 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 not knowing his wife has been cheating on him for 10 years. And said he's, when he found out, he was like just numb and didn't know what to think, you know? And you know, when you're just going so fast, everything's just going by you real, real quick, right? You're not, you're not looking at the scenery. You're not taking it all in. And he said that, you know, he ended up getting a divorce, but he didn't realize that he was, he was the reason for that divorce. He was the reason for that failure. He was the reason why his wife was cheating on him and he couldn't even blame her, you know, and this is a guy, obviously he wasn't a Christian, you know, cause in the article it was just all kinds of expletives, but he, he took ownership of it. And it says, this is no one else to blame, but me. I miss my father's funeral. I miss birthdays upon birthdays of the kids, you know, because quote unquote, I had to succeed as a businessman, you know, and, and, you know, in relations to law enforcement and fire and being a soldier, especially being a soldier too, right? You're, you're gone for months, sometimes years. And, you know, the, and, and let's not get into divorce. That happens. But just to tie it in, hold it into uh, fatherhood, I wonder if God was taking up over time and doing stuff, how we would feel to be neglected, so to speak. And, you know, on Father's Day, I gave a message on dad fluence, you know, and I was able to share some stats, like 25 million kids right now are living without their biological father, you know, and statistically that was just shocking to me you know now is that in the u.s or is that yeah oh jeez you know and that was from the u.s uh consensus bureau <laughs> and, and and you know obviously i think there are times when you know you know when you're a fire leo you deal with the same problem kid that kid doesn't have a father. So you're like in uniform, you're like mentoring him, but yet you're influencing this strange kid when you got a kid back at home that you're not mentoring, but you're in uniform and you're doing this because that's kind of like the job. But yet back at home, you've got a kid that is just like, oh, you know? And I think there's, There, there, you know, it's like, you know, there's a, the missing piece on a cog. Um, you're, you're functioning, you're working, but yet 
you're neglecting the most valuable thing is your family, you know, your kids. And, you know, especially in this generation of young kids coming up, our older generation, like guys that were born in the early 1900s to the 1950s, I would say, they didn't have technology. It's just, you know, kind of like what you do on the weekends. You farm, right? You got cows and you just, that's what you do. You know, there wasn't a, there wasn't an IBM. There wasn't like Google, you know, it, you, that's what you did. You farmed you, or you worked industrial. Um, and so you, you passed on work ethic to your kids. And so, but today's day and age, you know, you can make money just by showing videos on TikTok or whatever, and you're known as an influencer, right? But yet, you know, our world is not better with character integrity. And I think men have definitely failed at being fathers. You know, um, there is no discipline in kids, you know, I'm picking up my daughter here and there, and you could just hear the language of these kids, you know? And I remember just last week at night, I was checking on the something with the house. I had to go to the electric panel. And these kids were driving around in a golf cart. And I'm pretty sure I know who they are. And they're, they're you can hear them talking, and they're just dropping the F-bomb, you know? And... When I was a kid, you, you talk with your friends, cool. But as soon as there's an adult around, you just didn't do that out of respect. And so I, I think, you know, statistically, I'll, I'll, read, I'll pull up the stats and I'll read it. Um, those that are listening, um, I had shared this uh, message at Calvary here in Buckeye and some of the stats, it, the statistics come from no longer fatherless.org. Um, 85% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 90% of all fatherless and runaway children from fatherless homes, nearly 25 million children live without their biological father, and 60% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. You know, and you know, it, it's just sad to to see like those of us in uniform. We should have, I don't know. A, a better standard of being a father, you know, and I know he's not on here. Um, our brother Josiah, you know, that guy, when it comes to his family, cool. So you guys, I can't do this. Got to go with my kids. Sorry. Can't, can't do the, can't do dinner. Can't do this kind of that. And you're like, what? This is a bro moment. We're going to get together. But to our brother Josiah, when it comes to spending time with his kids, right? That's yeah. non-negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you got to respect them for that. And, you know, how many times have you had to be
held over because an incident happened or, you know, someone didn't show up. They radio you, hey, sorry, but so-and-so, she's not, can you stay over? You're like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. but if you, you know, if you say no, then you're going to, you know, make your sergeant upset or whatever. But, you know, the, the, the reason why I want to kind of extend into fatherhood and part of it is into the, la, the last days. You know, it says there will come a day that when wrong is right and right is wrong, where the youth will no longer have any respect for their elders. And I think we're living in those times, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, when, when kids talk to you with disrespect, you know, and I remember when I was younger, if, if I spoke to an adult with disrespect, that adult would probably call my dad and say, Hey, you know, your son just did this and this and that. I know if I got home, I would get some whooping. Right. But if I corrected a kid now, I'm going to get sued. You know, and somewhere between then and now, we've dropped the ball as a father, right? I know I, I've told my kids, I said, if some parent calls me and tells me that you did this, we're going to have a problem, you know? And it's not like I'm going to call that parent and sue them or sue the school, but that's where we're, the, you know, the, the culture where we're at. And, and I'm sure you're seeing it too there in, you know, in Oregon, right? I mean, most, if, I mean, there's, a, there's some studies being done, but a lot of the Antifa members all come from fatherless homes, you know? So, um, but yeah, any thoughts from you, brother Adam? I'm well, sure I'm sitting here thinking lots of stuff, but I was, <laughs> um, what it really comes down to, especially in today's day and age, you know, the Bible does, it points this out. And I was actually listening to a little uh, interview that Newsmax had with Jack Hibbs. I don't know if you caught that one yet or not. Just a short little interview, probably five, 10 minutes with him and, uh, and a gal uh, talking about the decline in Christianity in today's youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropped another something like 6% or something in the last year or two. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. I mean, how can it be a surprise when the first thing that, well, not the first thing, right? But, you know, this ball got started rolling down the hill in the wrong direction when we took Jesus out of school, got out of school, right? Took God out of government, took God out of school. You know, the separation of church and state was never about keeping the the church out of the state. It was about keeping the state out of the church. Mm -hmm. That was the whole purpose of it. And if you actually go back and read the verbiage, that's what the point of it was. That was why the founding fathers created this country was because the state was so involved in the church of England. You know, it was, it was a major problem, but I digress. So, you know, we took God out of church. Sorry. We did that too. We took God out of, out of school. We took God out of our daily lives. And what did we expect to happen? Now the world raises our kids, right? The secular world runs our schools. 
examples. And so once you take God out of things, you're going to ruin the, the family as a whole because the family is something that Satan has always wanted to destroy because it is a, it's a, it's a godly thing. God created the family. And so now our society doesn't look to God to rule over us. And so what do they do with the head of the household? They don't want the head of the household to rule over us. And besides that, if you take God out of all of this, where are they teaching that we came from? They're teaching that we came from, uh, sorry, I'm getting some feedback here. There, maybe that'll be better. They're teaching that we came from, what, nothing? Sludge? And so, what do they expect is, is going to happen exactly? We have no more intrinsic value. That's a major problem, right? So now we have no intrinsic value. So what what is the reason for a dad to stick around? Right? We see this all the time. Gal gets pregnant. Dad says, I'm out. You know, they're not even married, right? I'm out. Yeah. And then it's gotten to the point where human life isn't even valued by the mom anymore. So now, you know, we abort a million babies or whatever a year. Anyway, I'm getting on all the negative stuff, but here's the deal. Okay, I was look, I was just looking at this because this is what our conversation made me think of. In Genesis, let's go back to the beginning because Genesis can answer the majority of our questions. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and so on and so on. And then we get to the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested. And I think we overlooked that. We're like, okay, yeah, that's great. We took a day to rest. But what are we supposed to be doing on that day? We're supposed to be resting as a family. We work those six days to support our family, and then we take that seventh day, and we just be with our people. So I, I believe that that's what the seventh day is for. We remember our God. We spend time with those that we love and what he created for us. And, uh, you know, I think that God thought the same thing because, you know, after Adam and Eve sinned, what is God doing? It says uh, that uh, he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, why would God go and walk in the garden in the cool of the day? He's probably looking for Adam, right? And Eve. He's going to go hang out with his creation. He's going to go put the time in. So that's what God does. You know, one of the one of my favorite stupid cliche quotes is that kids spell love T-I-M-E. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's 100% accurate. And so I think the listener needs to take a step back and, and, and maybe do a little bit of math and figure out how many hours they're spending at home with their family or, you know, not even at home. Just how much time do you spend with your kids? Mm -hmm. And then how much time do you spend at work? How much time do you spend with the boys? 
how much time you spent at the bar. Hopefully not very much. Well, you, if, if that ratio is double digits, it's you got a problem. I got to go to work. I got to bring home a paycheck. Yeah. But I'm willing to live a little bit more frugal if it means my kids are going to know who their daddy is. Right. Well, you bring up a good point because I can't hear you, bud. Can you hear me? Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hold on. I can hear you. It, it's it's the Oregon internet. Internet. So now I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's just my buttons. Ah, it's your buttons. No, I was going to say, you bring up a good point because, you know, on the seventh day, God rested, right? Now, I'm old enough where I remember on Sundays, there wasn't much open besides gas stations, some liquor stores, you know, uh, and a handful of restaurants. I mean, as I got older, obviously, Sundays, you know, but it was kind of like Chick-fil-A. You just didn't see, you know, stores open on Sundays. But if you look at sports, it's on Sunday. If you look at all the things that people do, they do it, you know, it goes into Sundays, you know, and All right, I'll, I'll, I'll share this stat. And I still, every once in a while, will teach it. If one goes to church and takes their kids every Sunday, that's 52 weeks, 52 Sundays, right? <laughs> and I'm like, if they go to a, a solid, you know, Bible teaching church, um, Jack Hibbs guaranteed, you know, he's going to teach an hour, right? I try to keep it at 45 minutes. Sometimes I go over to about an hour, uh, back in the young adult days, man, you're, you're getting a lecture, you know, but if you only go to church with your family and let's say you went 52 weeks, you're only getting 52 hours out of how many hours of the whole year? Right. And if you're not teaching your kids of the value of taking them to church, honoring God, going to church as a family, and you're the father, but then it's that whole, that the enemy trying to fight for your time. Right. And it's, it's just crazy because if you think about it, If we put how many hours into shooting range, how many hours into driving, how many hours into emergency medicine, how many hours of, you know, uh, hose drags and all that stuff, right? 
that's hundreds of hours of continuing education. But yet, if we apply that to the spiritual life on Sunday life, man, that's sad. You know, and because let, let's admit it, pastoring a church, there are times when I see people come on Sundays, there are times I don't. And then I come to find out, oh, we went on vacation or we went camping, you know, and I'm sure it's similar in Oregon. But when I was living in Colorado during the summer months, the church was low in numbers. Why? Because people, the summer months are short in Colorado. So they want to take advantage of going rafting, going camping, going, you know, whatever it is during the summer. Right. And then they're like, oh, we'll come to church during the winter. Well, when winter comes, we got to go skiing because they just got brand new powder or we got to go snowmobiling. And so, well, you know what? It snowed too much. So I can't drive on the road. Right. So, so you have excuses in the summertime and you tell yourself, I'll, I'll take the family to church on, you know, uh, on Sunday during the winter. Well, when winter comes, you're like, oh my gosh, powder just came in. I got to go. I, I'll, I'll serve God up on the mountain, you know, <laughs> quiet as snow. And it's like, really? I mean, if you miss one, two, three, four services out of the year, the time of that you're at church goes lower. You know, like if like really, I, I wonder if someone actually has done a racial study on that, like how much time I work versus how much time I spend with my family. And, and it, it's that notion, like, and, you know, those that are watching or listening, it's like, we're not saying that you should sit down and play Pokemon or whatever with your kids. You know, family time could be a lot of stuff. Like, I know, Adam, you, 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 you like to do pull-ups with your boy hanging off, you know, <laughs> on your back like a monkey or, or, you know, or whatever. You're teaching them how to do stuff with a cow, right? Yeah. That, that's spending time, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I, you know, I've taught my kids how to basically do some basic workouts, you know, I can force them, but at the same time, I'm, I want them to want it, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. discipline, but yeah. I've taken advantage of what I enjoy working out as I brought them into my world. You know, I do it in front of them. I discipline them. And I said, Hey, if you get out of shape and you get chunky, don't blame anybody but yourself, right? So family time could be that, but like, you know, I tell a lot of guys, you know, especially that was in uniform, try not to do stuff on Sundays because why? You're going to get in this habit of teaching your kids church is not important, right? And, you know, because we as officers, we as firefighters, we prioritize our work. But when it comes to prioritizing time with our kids, time with our spouse, right? Where is that at? Like, there is times when I'm sure, you know, you're super tired, only got a few hours of sleep. Oh, I got to go to court. I got to go to this mandatory training. And you suit up and you go because it, it needs to be done. It's part of the job, right? But yet when it comes to our family or being, you know, that, that, that role of being a father, you're like, Oh, Hey, can you let me sleep in one more hour? 
you know, we've all been there, but I think, you, you know, you touch upon a good topic too, is the moral fabric of it all is just being stripped away. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the re I heard, I saw a recent poll that pastors don't believe in the complete authority of the word of God. You know, and I'm like, what are you doing in the pulpit then? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we heard one on the radio, my wife and I, and it was something like 37% or something like yeah. that had a biblical yeah. worldview. Yeah. And my wife was like, then what do the rest have? <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and this is where I want to encourage you know, all of us, if, well, one, as a man, you need to take that responsibility of, especially if you call yourself a believer, right? Man up. If you're a man, if you're 18 or older, man up. Be responsible. Take ownership. I know Jocko Willink has written a book called Extreme Ownership. Take ownership. Take action. Right. Those of us, you know, that watch Jocko, he's, he has that saying, good. If something fails, good. Something goes great. Good. Right. You learn to adapt and just take a different route. And it's like, I need to take ownership of my actions. I can't blame anybody else. You know, I was just talking to a church member of mine and he was kind of giving me an update on possibly um, people not coming back to the church. And I said, okay. And he's like, you're, you're okay. I was like, yeah, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I can't force feed him. I can't force him to stay at the church, you know, but then at the same time, I'm not hurt because if they valued the church and if they valued me as their pastor, then they would put their hands to the plow and let's do ministry together, you know, versus, and, and we, we all know this. You're at a major, you know, you're at a major incident. Let's say if it's a, even if it's a traffic accident, right? It blocks the whole interstate. You got those officers that want to do the very, very minimal effort of work, you know? Granted, if, if that officer, that firefighter is just a douchebag, yeah, put him at the furthest part of the interstate. Just say, hey, you know what? Put your lights on and have them direct their, you know, the directional lights go to the left. <laughs> that way they're not, in, they're not in the way. But you have those, unfortunately, those officers, you know, case, case in point, that Uvalde incident. That chief should be fired in my opinion, you know. And I know he was inside, but I know things are going to start coming out where – there was officers inside and they waited an hour because I mean, well, I get let's, it. let's save that for another time. Cause yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. A uh, little side story. I, yeah, I kind of got, uh, um, an earful from a buddy of mine who lives in Texas, who was like, listen, you need to know more about what happened. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll have him on to chat about that later. Yeah. And you know, and so I have some, you know, I have some friends in Texas that kind of like, Gave me the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you and I both know as soon as the body cam footage starts coming out, 
as soon as all the videos from inside the school are coming out with the timestamps on it, you know, and, and you know, everybody's going to have differing opinions, mm-hmm. right? But, but my goodness, this is an elementary school. If those are my kids and I was off duty, I don't care what anybody says, I would have gone into that school, right? Arrest me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. I'm going to do my job as a sworn officer off duty though. I'm going in. You guys can try to stop me, but I'm going in. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the border patrol officer in the middle of a haircut. Hey dude, let me borrow your shotgun. Let's go. Right. And granted he knew the community, but that's being a father though. That's a prime example. Here's a dad who's getting a haircut and he heard something's going down in the middle of it. Ask the barber, Hey, you have any weapons? Let's go. Right. He's taking both his training as a border patrol officer. And at the same time, shoot, my kid is in that school. And my wife is also a teacher. That's two things as a husband. Right. So he went Mm -hmm. in. So, I mean, yeah, I think we should definitely take a different podcast and talk about it. You know, both for sure. From a perspective of being a, you know, a Christian and having, you know, uh, Leo background and stuff. But mm-hmm. again, it's that father leadership figure, which mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to get at being a servant leader, but being a father leader, you know, by being a servant yeah. to your family, by serving them, right? Jesus washed feet which did the job of a servant when they went into the house because why their feet got dusty from the israeli desert or whatever community right mm-hmm. jesus set that example and so two fathers should be one setting the example by serving yeah you know and those of yeah. us those of us that are listening and watching and and you're doing that congratulations thank you continue to do that and move forward but those that are like Hey, I want to use this Sunday. It's my only day off. Let's go to the river. Okay, go to the river after church. You know? And if you're a mom and you got a weak husband, encourage him to lead. Right? And because mm-hmm. most cops and firefighters are type A. But when it comes to spiritual things, you know, a lot of cops and firefighters are not type A. It's the spouse. Yeah. You know, I was just spending some time with a, uh, you know, retired captain from L.A. County. And they were sharing their testimony with me where, yeah, we were taking our teenage son to the youth Bible study at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, where I used to be on staff. And I was like, oh, really? You guys didn't go to church? Like, no, we weren't saved. Our son wanted to go to this youth group because they were worshiping and the Bible was being taught. It wasn't a program, right? Well, as soon as the son hit 18, he's like, see ya, went to college, walked away from the Lord. Parents come to the Lord during that time. They accept Jesus Christ. For 20 years, they're loving the Lord, right? But their son's not. And it's like the roles have reversed. And we were talking, he's like, I wish I can take those years back and have been a Christian father during his teenagers. And, and I can tell the pain that he had in his eyes when he was telling me this. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that, you know that verse in the Old Testament that God will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Yeah, I love that because why? We've all failed. We've all dropped the ball, and that's the beauty of God. Like He takes that which we failed at and makes it better. You know, but we have, sometimes we have a tendency, I think in uniform where we have such remorse and guilt and we don't know what it's to be a father servant leader. And we need to get back to that. I want to encourage our listeners Put your pants on, get your duty belt on, get on your tools spiritually. Okay. Put on the whole armor of God and let's go into this battle and raise up your kids in the ways of the Lord. Cause if you don't as a dad, right? Someone else will, someone else will raise your kids. Someone else will pour into your kid. And then you're going to look back what happened and you're not going to be able to blame anybody but yourself. And, and I think that's, you know, as I, as I'm getting older and my kids are getting older, that, that scripture where it says, you know, train up a child in the way you should go. I think the word child goes into the late teens and the twenties and the thirties and into the forties to raise up a child. Because why your child is your child, no matter what their age is. And I'm going to be officiating a memorial celebration of life this Friday for an old school veteran, you know, and I met with their kids and all of those kids, like maybe one out of the five, uh, five is a believer and the others are just, they're just jaded, you know? And they're like, what is this celebration of life? And I kind of shared and kind of give the gospel a little bit, but I can tell like the youngest one is just jaded, you know? And I know, um, their father was a God-fearing, God-loving man, you know. But I was, as I was talking to the kids, you know, because I was kind of like using some of the read interview tactics. I was asking them some questions, and and I come to the conclusion I don't think they really knew the Lord. I could be wrong. But, but the testimony of dad was still on their lips because they said, my father could not get enough Jesus in going to church. Now, these are kids that are older, like they're in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And, you know, each of them were saying, yeah, it's like, yeah, my dad could not get enough of the church. Every time we talked, there was something about, oh, Pastor Mike said this or Pastor Ed said that. And we had this fellowship and we had that fellowship. And, and so 
that training up still goes on into the ears of the older children, you know, and, but, you know, I don't want to prolong this as much as I need to, but my encouragement to the listeners and those that are watching and listening, if you're a father, be a leader, you know, take ownership of mistakes if you drop the ball, you drop the ball. You tell your kids or tell your spouse, and it's like, hey, I'm sorry, that was wrong with me. And you move on. We do that with our coworkers all the time in uniform. Hey, I, dude, on that incident, I totally made the wrong call. I'll make sure I won't do it again. You know, and you move on, right? It's a learned <laughs> lesson. We need to do that with our families. Yeah. And because, you know, sometimes we get as kids, we get bitter at our parents because they said something and we hold it against them. Mm-hmm. And you, you come to you know realization, if so-and-so would have apologized, I would have been over it a long time ago. But if you don't apologize, mm-hmm. you know, so. I like that you talked about uh, leadership though. You know, I'm, I'm just, this is my last week of my uh, class Christian leadership action. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept is servant leadership, like you touched on. Uh, You know, and you talked about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and that seems to be the main story that everybody uses is, you know, when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. But, you know, it goes even further than that. Uh, Mm -hmm. It goes clear to the cross, right? And it goes even further than that, because when, when Peter had denied Jesus, you know, he didn't just scold him in his face, you know, failing grade, we're done with you. No, he restored him. Mm-hmm. You know, after after the resurrection, he met with Peter and he restored him. And so he didn't you know, there's this concept that I read about it says, Don't don't mark my paper, help me get an A. You know, so with our kids, it's like, you know, I can I can scold you because you weren't able to catch a fish, or I can teach you how to fish. You know, or I can, I can scold you because you didn't clean your room right. Or I can teach you. I can come alongside you and teach you how to clean your room. You know, and it's this whole concept of servant leadership. I love how it's described as taking this hierarchical pyramid and turn it upside down. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it puts me at the bottom, and that's uncomfortable, and it's an ego check. But if I can be a humble human being, a humble father, and I can come alongside my kids and show them and and lead them in a way that's not dominating or you know lording it over them, but instead building them up, building that faith foundation first and foremost, because you know, as they get older, as I got older, if I didn't have a faith foundation. I'm pretty darn shaky, right? And it's the same for my kids. I need them to see me in my faith. I need them to see me when I'm broken or whatever. But in order to do that, the main thing in law enforcement is they have to they have to actually see that, which means I have to actually be present. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can talk about leadership, but it doesn't do anybody any good if there's no dad present. And even if you've got, 
you know, kids are adult or nearing adult. It's not too low. No. The job will take as much time as you will give it. And it won't give it back. Mm-hmm. And your kids, the time that you wanted to give to them, yeah, if you're going to sacrifice something, sacrifice it at work to be home. That's all I can say. I'd like Just to out of your mic. Hey, we forgot to pray. You were trying to record me early on, trying to swat a fly. Dude, you, you were all me. over the place. It was. Hey, I, I was trying to. That, I was calling in the Mister Miyagi in me, but I couldn't. I would have thought that thing was one of those. What you, the hornets? What were those things called? The death hornets or whatever they were called? Oh, the tarantula hawk. That's we not have, what I was thinking at all. But I was okay. We had a tarantula hawk in our backyard. I don't know what that is, but it sounds. Terrifying. I'll let you. I'll let you Google it. But tarantula hawks, especially if it's a female, tarantula hawks they hunt tarantulas, and what they do is they lay their eggs inside the tarantula, drops its eggs in the babies, and then they eat their way out of the tarantula. Talk about demon possession. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you made that up, and I don't even want to look it up. So, look it up, look it up. I'm I'm just realizing God moved us to Arizona. It, 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 the Arizona is like they said it is the wild wild west. You know, bugs and snakes. <laughs> Nasty. Praise out. Well, hey, yeah, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to. Um, just talk about fatherhood, Lord. First and foremost, Lord, we thank you for being our Father, our Heavenly Father, who sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. And we thank you for your forgiveness. And, and Lord, those that are listening, uh, especially those that are fathers, Lord, we pray that they would uh, embrace their calling to be a father, to that they would pour into their daughter or their son, that they would be an example to their kids what it is to be a father, what it is to be a man. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just bless this podcast to those that are going to be listening. And we just ask that, Lord, you would just continue to do a work through Thinline Believers, Lord. Um, pray that you would give wisdom to Adam. Lord, be with me. Lord, and uh, those that are involved with uh, Thinline Believers, Lord God, we just ask that you would grow this beyond our own understanding. That, Lord, you would get the glory and you would get the honor, Lord. And so, Lord, until we see you face-to-face, help us to keep our hands on the plow to serve you and to honor you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, folks. Um, we got a couple of interviews I'm working on. One's going to be uh, in person. That'll be fun. So, yeah, stay tuned. We're not done yet, guys. We're still here. Yeah. Yeah. See you.